Hey, friends. Welcome to the Elsa Kerr Show. I'm Elsa Kerr, and today I have a fantastic guest for you. His name's Jared Knott, and he is the author of Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever, right after this. What is wrong with you? Sorry, I thought I canceled this subscription and I still have it. I really need to figure out how to handle my finances better. Yeah, no, I used to have the same problem. I just use hiatus. Hiatus? Uh, it's super easy. I'll explain it to you. Just no more of those weird growly sounds, please. Download the app. You'll be able to see all your subscriptions and cancel the ones that you don't need or want. See which of your monthly bills are negotiable and hiatus will negotiate for you. And you'll be able to set up a custom. Well, hello, Jared. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, the first thing I want to say to you is thank you for your service. You are a decorated combat infantry officer from Vietnam uh, in the 1st Air Cavalry Division. Yes? That's correct. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for your service. I appreciate it very much. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you. So uh, let, I want to jump right into it because this book sounds so fascinating. I, I was able to take a quick look. It's in my to be read list. It's uh, going to be the next up in my nonfiction books. So, you know, I have like the whole stack of books to be read. That's the next one in nonfiction. So I'm really excited about it. Um, let's start with uh, your your interest in writing this book. First of all, it's a it's an international bestseller. I want everybody to know mm -hmm. that. And uh, you, you told me before we get on, how long has it been on this list? Uh, it's 26 months. Yes, it started uh, it, it, it'd be 26 months as of February 2nd uh, wow. on the uh, Amazon uh, bestsellers. Yes. Yeah, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's been, we sold 20,000 copies and still going strong. That is so, so cool. Now tell me, what, what made you interested in writing this book? Have you always been a history buff? Has this always been your lane? Yes, uh, going back to when I was a teenager, I was always interested in history. And the inspiration from the book uh, came, comes from the old adage coming down from uh, Benjamin Franklin that for one of the nail, the shoe was lost, for one of the uh, shoe, the rider, rider was lost, the rider, the battle was lost, the battle of the empire was lost, the empire was lost, all for the want of a nail. And that's a nice old saying, but so what, okay, but how often does that really happen in a single tiny mistake? causes an entire empire to collapse 39 times. It's actually, the book has, has a 40, and we have a sequel coming that has another 35. So it's amazing how many mistakes there are out there <laughs> that can have a disastrous outcome. You don't realize at the time, it's a little tiny mistake, boom, 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 uh, down farther on down the domino chain has a huge mm -hmm. disaster. So, you know, conceptually, it's it's something we I've talked about, I, I won't speak for everyone, but, you know, I've talked about many times over how just the most, uh, just the tiniest thing in life can change the whole course of your life, just on a personal level. So when you take it on um, a, a, such a, a big scope, like his, history, uh, things that changed history and, and that you can trace it back to like this one moment, this one pivot where everything changed, I think is so, so fascinating. Um, how did you choose the, the stories that you did? Because there are some absolutely incredible stories in there. Uh, there there's one, you have one chapter on, on Hitler, um, how mm -hmm. he, well, you know, that we, it says, um, 
how many times did he graze death in the years leading up to his suicide? And you have all of that in this chapter and explain That's just fascinating to me. Yes, it's, uh, it's amazing that he lived as long as he did. He had one close call after another close call after another close call. One of the big ones was that there was a man who nearly changed World War II. He um, got into the, uh, the huge hall where they were going to have a meeting. And for over the several days leading up to the big meeting, he had put together a time bomb set to go off at just one particular moment now when the big concert and the big speeches were being made. But Hitler uh, left the concert hall just 15 minutes before the bomb went off. It was they wouldn't have to, uh, because of the weather, they're going to be leaving a little bit earlier. But if it had not been for that, there might have not been World War II at all. Uh, that was that just an interesting example after example where it seems like. Some people think it was like the hand of the devil was uh, keeping him alive until he committed suicide in 1945. It is really stunning when you when you think of things like that, these near misses, and it's it's really hard to not wonder at you know the why of things. And and I guess that you know we'll drive ourselves crazy if we if we do that too much. But yeah, how differently things could could have been and would be today, of course. You know, had just for his example, um, had he died sooner earlier at a different point yes. in life um what to you, was there a story and it's okay if you don't want to give away too much was there a particular story or incident that uh, caught you off guard that you weren't expecting were, were was there one in particular that stood out to you well there's a yeah a long list um mm. the um one that it kind of sticks in my mind when you asked that kind of question was that here's the teaser is that a uh, uh, one single, a single document designed, poorly designed by one single clerk in one single county changed the outcome of the presidential election and led directly to a major war. The war would not have taken place except for this single tiny mistake. It has to do with the 2000 election. It's not the hanging chance. It was a, a, a very close election, but it was um, down there in the county that the uh, lady who was clerk of the election, she designed a ballot. Uh, and she made the print real big so the people, the older people, could read it easily. And it was two pages, the way she designed it, uh, kind of a butterfly ballad, they called it. And it had a series of holes, that, punch holes down the center, the list of names on the left hand side, and that list of names on the right hand side. Well, it was very confusing. Uh, Al Gore was the number two name on the left hand page, but he was the number three punch hole. The number two punch hole belonged to Pat Buchanan on the right page. Well, it's very confusing. Some people, Punched the hole and thought, gee, well, this is number two name, number two punch hole. But they were voting by for Pat Buchanan by accident. And then uh, some people got confused. They punched two punch holes, which invalidated the ballot. Anyway, Al Gore uh, ended up uh, losing the state by about uh, 476 votes. And they think if it had not been for this confusion, he would have won it by three or four or 5,000 votes. He, was, uh, he would have been the president of the United States. Florida made the difference there. And he was adamantly, adamantly opposed to the war in Iraq. So um, the war would not have taken place. The entire, the entire conflict, which most people think was a mistake, would not have taken place except for this single tiny mistake. And they had this nice lady, I will not say her name, but they had her on one of the morning talk shows. And they were saying to her, people are saying that you're responsible for this war. And she was kind of in tears. <laughs> and we just appreciate the fact that you're, uh, that you're in tears. Yeah, and uh, have great regrets and a very nice, uh, honorable, intelligent lady. But that one little mistake 
changed history in a huge, huge way. Wow. Wow. Tell me about um, why 39 mistakes. Is there a particular reason for that specific number? <laughs> yes. The actual number of stories there is probably close to about 43 or 44. We're actually okay. giving you more than what we promised. But 39 <laughs> had kind of a nice ring to it. Uh, just like you go into the store and something is for sale for $9.95. That's sort of in, they call it a natural price point. The 39 just had kind of a nice ring to it. We're really giving you more than 39. So. I like that. How hard was it to pick the stories? Because you, you have a, a, a follow-up book, a sequel coming, more than one. Did you say one or two sequels are going to be coming? Well, actually two. Actually two. Two, you know, okay. The first sequel is um, Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, number two. Even more tiny mistakes that change the world forever. And I have another sequel, which has to do with crime, which is another way, not necessarily in the pipeline. How did, how, so obviously it takes a, a ton of research to narrow down what that one thing is. How, can you tell, is it even possible to tell me about the, the process of figuring that out, what that one mistake was, or was it laid out for you already? Like, is this stuff that you found? No, um, I tell people that my mind is a, giant trash bin of trivia, okay? And uh, <laughs> I can remember stuff that I read. Uh, I may forget where I put my keys, but I can remember stuff that I read 30, 40, 50 years ago. As I began thinking about it, I remember one example, then another example, then another example. Plus, you have really a lot of research in the various fields. And so, uh, first, I started off with just about, oh, 10 examples. And I thought, well, that's going to be enough maybe for a magazine article. But I just kept mm. accumulating and accumulating and accumulating, and there was more and more and more and more. And then we had a pretty good sized book at 430 pages. And then of course we have a sequel coming. It's going to be another 300 some odd pages. So there's lots of goof ups out there. <laughs> Small goof ups that have big consequences in the long term. It's so incredible to even imagine that, you know, such little things can can change the course of everything. But of course, it makes perfect sense. You know, we talk about the the butterfly effect and, and you know, mm -hmm. they make movies on that, of course. And um, we're so are in the book are all of these stories um, negative consequences of these little incidents or is it a mixture of uh you know, happy accidents, <laughs> so so they're called, or? Well, yes, the, uh, unfortunately, of course, Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters is a list of big disasters, unfortunately. I yeah. I like to think of myself as a positive person, but the subject matter by its very nature uh, involves things going wrong. I do put in a few positive ones in there just to kind of clear the air. And, uh, you snuck a, a few positive. in for, you you snuck That's in a right. few for us, the uh, optimist, terminal optimist here. Like, give me something good. Yes. <laughs> it was, uh, it was some, yeah, there was some close calls that because yeah. instead of making a mistake, you had someone that showed courage and determination was able to flip the switch the other direction. Uh, World War II has uh, two or three of those, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it is positive. Like, they would be a positive uh, overall story. I'll mention, too, the, uh, you mentioned the butterfly effect. That phrase was coined by uh, a uh, mathematician, Lorenz. Uh, he was a, um, Alfred Lorenz, and he was a major mathematician back in the 1950s and 60s. They do not give a, an award, a Nobel Prize, for mathematics, but if they did, he would have won. He won the equivalent of that in his uh, field. And uh, what happened was, back in the 1950s, he was uh, having the computer uh, run this program uh, as, a, as a weather prediction. 
okay, it was taking a long time for the computers that day to complete the program. So he said, well, here's this number with a decimal point and like 18 numbers behind it. And it gets infinitesimally small. Gee, let me just lob off six of those numbers, okay? And it's such a small amount. That small amount it won't make any difference in the outcome. And he was absolutely amazed, okay, how the multiplier effect uh, was so tremendous. And he was saying uh, that means that if a, uh, if a, uh, a butterfly was uh, flapping its wings in Brazil, they could set off a chain reaction so that a year and a half later we have a cyclone in Texas. And he made this mm-hmm. presentation to a group of uh, mathematics and mathematicians that's where the concept comes from, uh, because it's a very much a real thing. One domino hitting another domino hitting another domino. It's like somebody's leaving San Francisco, they're heading towards New York, but the uh, compass is off just like a half a point or a half a uh, degree, and they end up uh, down in Miami or something like that. That's a, somewhat uh, comparable to what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you always um, find yourself thinking that, you know, any given moment, things could be so different based on, you know, taking a left turn instead of a right turn and, and, uh, you know, going into, you know, I know there's so many people who talk about uh, 9-11 and uh, you hear the stories of people who didn't go into work that day for a, just a very small shift in life, you know, something just simply altered their, their path that day. And, uh, it's, it's just so incredible how, how that effect actually happens and, and changes the world. Now, does your, how, how much into the near future is the best way I could think of to come up with this question. It's not very good. Um, is this book up to like, where do you end? Is it in the nineties? Is it two thousands or. Uh, uh, 2000 is where it uh, ends, but then, uh, of course, like you say, I'm writing a, a sequel, and there's a lot of uh, we have a rich load of mistakes that are taking place in the last several years, which will be uh, in the sequel. But that's uh, it goes all the way back to ancient times. Um, one of the examples from ancient times was that a uh, soldier accidentally kicks a helmet off the top of the wall, and it causes an entire empire to collapse. And that's huh? It was like, what? But the, the, I mean, it's not an exaggeration. I tell people that sometimes you're in the uh, grocery store and there's this uh, uh, a tabloid that has a, a teaser headline on the front. You look it up, you read it up inside the magazine, and it was uh, misleading. It's a big letdown. But this, <laughs> these, each of these teasers is not a letdown. It is exactly what it says it is, and, uh, and without mm. exaggeration. But that was, uh, let me just start to tell you that real quickly, if you like, um, has to do with Cyrus the Great, was mentioned in the Bible, he was the one that gave the children of Israel their freedom from bondage in Babylon. Anyway, he was uh, one of the early world conquerors, and he was his, his empire, the Persian Empire, was moving more and more into a conflict with the Lydia, which was uh, who was the emperor, was uh, an increases from the expression riches Croesus. They were moving towards a huge war that was getting ready to take place. And Croesus uh, uh, sent representatives over to the Oracle of Delphi, and he wanted to see, see and he, uh, when he sent them there, they splashed around a lot of gold, a lot of gold, a lot of silver. That's where he gets the expression, you know, riches Croesus. So uh, the, uh, but anyway, the Oracle, actually counting up the gold, the Oracle came down, and there's a woman who was uh, as the spokesperson of the Oracles, and she said that uh, yes, a great, great, uh, a great battle will be fought, and a great empire will be lost. 
Well, he took it uh, to mean that uh, the other empire was going to be lost. Yes, it was not lost. Yes, they kind of slanted it that way. But anyway, the uh, so the war is uh, is joined, and uh, the Spartans are on the side of uh, Croesus. He probably had to pay a lot of gold to be on his side, and they fight to what amounts to a draw. Okay, these two empires. Okay, then uh, Cyrus packs his men up in his ships and sails away. Okay, well, it looks like we won. Uh, Croesus thinks, and so the Spartans leave, but they don't call him Cyrus the Great for nothing. He tried about five or six days later, he turns around and comes back in there and once again joins the battle. He uh, wins the initial battle, and then uh, Cyrus, uh, Cyrus Croesus, brings his men into a giant fortress there, uh, high on the, on the mountain, and these Spartans are coming. Winter is coming, and uh, Cyrus the Great may have himself in a box. He does not have enough supplies to supply his men all the way through the winter. So anyway, he may be in a, a serious jam, but here comes the tiny mistake. Uh, a soldier on top of the wall actually kicks the helmet off the top of the wall and tumbles all the way down to the bottom. Uh, the uh, soldier uh, climbs off the top of the wall and walks down a secret passageway all the way down to the bottom, gets his helmet, and goes all the way back up. One of Cyrus the Great's men would say, whoa, whoa, look, 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 look. There's a secret passageway up, up the side of the, of, the, of the wall. So the next night, a raiding party climbs up that same pathway. They go over the top. They go over there and uh, force open the gates. Cyrus's men are waiting right there to come flooding into the city, and they defeat the Lydian Empire, and it becomes a, a huge, huge turning point in ancient history. Now, the, uh, uh, it had not been for that single mistake, rather than being called Cyrus the Great, he might have been called Cyrus the Chump. So, so mm. just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Really what a fascinating story. That's just so amazing. How how long did it take you to compile, do all this research, compile and publish this book? That's the, that's the author geek in me. Like I'm always curious about time and process for, for fellow authors. How, how long did that whole process actually take? Yes, it actually took about 11 years. I, uh, mm. I was working full time. I have a uh, five children and I have a, a wife that needs attention. So it was a, <laughs> it was a slow, steady process. And now I'm uh, semi-retired. And so I can have, I can get the next book published, much, printed and written much, much faster than the old one. But it was a long, long, laborious uh, process. Just one step at a time, one step at a time. But fortunately, I really enjoy, as I'm sure you do, really enjoy writing. And so it can be, yeah. it can be a long time. Yeah, absolutely. The whole process, I think, is um, I, I love every part of it. I, I love the, the research. I love the actual writing. I actually love the editing. Do you love the editing or, or hate the editing? <laughs> no, I love the editing. It's like you're, uh, you're building something uh, step yes. by step and it's starting, it's starting to take a form in front of you and then you change this and change this and improve this and it can get more and more and more it starts to move in the direction you want it to and when it's finished hopefully uh, you're very happy with it that you look what i've done and that's a, a, yeah. a feeling of satisfaction of course they send the co- it out to other people and they don't always agree or they make some major suggestions and, and, and that incorporates the uh, a lot of ideas in the final product that makes it strong yeah, absolutely. I love it too. It's so much fun. I think I know there's other people who are like, Oh no, I hate the editing process or they hate certain parts of it. But I think all of it is exactly like you said, it's just getting it towards that, that point where it's ready to, to go out into the universe and, and for people to, to read it. So, 
Um, can you give any sneak uh, peeks inside the the next book? Any little tidbits that we can uh, sneak out of you? Yes, um, there's of course a number. There's going to be a long section there on uh, failure to listen. So being mm. warned about something and they ignored the warnings and then the disaster resulted. Uh, the biggest defeat in the um, history of the Roman Empire took place in the uh, in the German Black Forest. And uh, the, the uh, leader there, the, the Roman forces, was warned that uh, who he thought was an, an ally was actually about to betray him. And he, uh, he uh, scorned those people who were warning him, you know, you don't know what talking about, I know this gentleman very well, he's, uh, he's loyal to the, the Rome, he would never do something like that. And of course, a uh, gigantic, gigantic ambush of, uh, of the Roman uh, army there, and the legions were, were massacred almost to the last man. And it was, if they just listened, of course, it's easy to say that in, uh, in hindsight, but if he had just at least done more research and more investigation into the warning, he might have uh, seen this horrible, uh, disaster coming down the pipeline. Oh boy, there's going to be some good stuff in there. Here's another one kind of interesting. This is uh, kind of like uh, uh, the congressman, uh, Congressman Mays was his name. He was uh, from Kentucky and he was on the, I think, Armed Services Committee back in World War II. And he discovered that the Japanese thought that uh, American submarines could only go down to a depth of about 150 feet. And so they were dropping their depth charges at about 120, 150-foot level. Well, American submarines, in fact, could go all the way down to three or 400 square feet. So their, their depth charges were not being effective. And so the blabbermouth, uh, Congressman Mays, he was over in Hawaii, and he gave a press conference. Yeah, yes, yes, those dumb Japanese, they uh, keep dropping their depth charges uh, to shallow water, and we're so smart, and uh, it's uh, avoiding any kind of damage from the depth charges. Well, he made this public statement. They have Japanese spies in, uh, in Hawaii. Mm. Once he goes out of war services, it gets a worldwide exposure. Well, okay, the Japanese are not stupid. and They, they realize their mistake and they begin dropping the charges down to the 300-foot level and it um, starts sinking a lot of ships. The um, Admiral, who was in charge of the Pacific during the war there, was saying that uh, they believe that they lost about 8 to 10 different submarines as a result of this mistake. And about 800 men were killed as a result. So it was um, kind of like a, don't you know when to shut up? I mean, it was incredibly stupid. And now said in front of the entire world. Wow. Um, so tell me a little bit, if you can, I don't, I, let's talk for a minute about history in the making, about what's going on <laughs> right now, um, specifically with, uh, with Ukraine, really, and Russia and the potential for a third world war. Um, do you know of any of the incidents that have been going on? Do you know of any small things that have uh, tiny blunders that have set this course in motion? Yes, that might belong more in the category of a major mistake. Now, uh, I don't want to get too political. However, uh, Donald Trump told uh, Biden, uh, I'm sorry, I spoke it, told uh, uh, the, the Russians, I told uh, uh, the, the communicator that if they, if they were to invade Ukraine, that he would bomb Moscow. 
uh, so, uh, which is of course a very bold uh, statement, but they believed him. And so during the Trump administration, uh, Putin did not engage in any adventurism. Uh, they had been, uh, taken over the Crimea uh, uh, during uh, when uh, uh, Obama was president, but during the Trump administration, they were not being aggressive at all. They saw the blundering of uh, mishandling of Afghanistan, and so they were uh, the impression that uh, uh, Joe Biden would be a very weak, disorganized kind of a leader. Uh, we, they took over the Crimea just about four or five days. We sent an army, giant uh, Russian army into Ukraine, and in the space of about six, seven, eight days, we'll have it uh, under control, and uh, we don't have to worry about the consequences as a result. Well, of course, they did not counted on the great determination of the Ukrainian people, and it's also they not counted on the sloppy internal organization, and a horrible problem with the logistics uh, the Russian army does, and so they were uh, not uh, not ready for prime time, and they're losing pretty badly when you count when you have all the casualties and all the failures that they had. So that was really more of a major mistake rather than a minor mistake. And this, uh, mm. and it's, it's dragging on. I'm not sure how it's going to come out in the end, but I don't think that the, the Russian army has any chance of winning. Yeah, this is going to be, um, you know, li- like all major events in history, of course, this is going to be one of those things that when we have some time and space and distance from it to look back on. And, and fortunately, we have somebody like you that's going to be able to find those little details and figure out all of those little things that happen. So down the road, when we have some space from this, I, I look forward to, to seeing what you're going to what you're going to unearth about this all uh, this time frame that we're living through right now. So uh, get ready for that one because I'm waiting for it. I apologize. I've got my phone going off on me here. Um, yes. The, uh, if you go back to just some certain basic principles, history teaches us very few clear cut lessons. One of them is that weakness invites attack uh, and the strength, of course, discourages and repels attack. Uh, the, uh, Again, I'm not saying somebody would like Donald Trump, but uh, the war in Ukraine would never have taken place if he had been president of the United States in his last two two years. And also the situation there um, with uh, with China um, and Taiwan, uh, that is a case where uh, it calls for a strong military presence that would discourage uh, Chinese adventurism there also. So that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that you have to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Tell everyone, if you would, where they can find your book and your upcoming books and your website and where they can find you. Are you doing any um, book signing events or talks anywhere at this point? Yes, I'm going to be speaking at the number of uh, American Legion locations there and uh, we uh, give away a free book and then uh, encourage people to... (laughs) To don't win, maybe to consider purchasing the uh, website from the website. Um, my website is Tiny Blunders Big Disasters, uh, Big Disasters dot com. And so, if you uh, just go there, that will take you to the website. It has uh, two and a half free chapters. Also has a book trailer, uh, and it has the one of my favorite parts of the book is the portrait gallery, uh, which has like twenty seven different personalities. With a little bit of dirt on each one, uh, I can't say but uh, so it's kind of a, a fun website and a uh, we think a, a fun book uh, to read. Tiny Blunders 
bigdisasters.com, okay, and you go to the website, and from there you can make a purchase if you like. I love it. And there's a there's something else you have on that website, too. There's a, a quiz or something that you can do. Is that right? Yes. Yes, we have a fun quiz. We, we, so we always have fun in there. So people are not in any way intimidated. It's just a fun quiz. You can have that. There are actually two book uh, trainers there. Uh, and that's a, it's kind of a fun part. We want for it to be kind of an entertaining, fun kind of experience going to the website and, uh, and ordering the book. We hope. I love that. That is so awesome and, and fun sounding. <laughs> so I am going to go back on there and take the quiz. I was going to do it, but I ran out of time. So I'm going to do it. I'll, my test anxiety is starting already, though. <laughs> it'll be, we don't keep, we don't keep any records on how well you did or anything like that. Just, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> good. Nobody will know. Nobody, Nobody will know if I'm a big dummy. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Jared, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on and, and uh, sharing all of this incredible uh, stuff with us. And, and these stories sound so amazing. I really look forward to reading them and, and uh, on showing off how, how smart I am after reading your book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it should, well, it should be a fun experience and an enriching experience, uh, both, we hope. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Uh, thank you so, so much. Have a have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, this has been the Elsa Kurt Show. I hope you enjoyed. Go check out that book and we will see you in the next episode. Take care. 